Hello, everybody, and welcome to Documentation Not Included. It's Thursday, 7 p.m. and British summertime, and boy, am I feeling it. And we're live here today at twitch.tv slash DNI stream. It is time for episode 11.1. Oi, freelancer, you're fired. I'm Josie Alworth, and today I'm joined by the most amazing, best, and absolutely most incredibly humble human on the planet, Chris Seabock. Seriously? So nice of you to say, Josie. Thank you very much. <laughs> and once again, you can tell who wrote the script this week. This is why I put these little things in here, you see, so you were, uh, so you, you, you make sure, make sure you read it beforehand. Um, so yes, thank you very much. And uh, as always, a big welcome to everybody in chat. Please do get involved with the show as we will read out anything that's relevant, anything that is um, uh, in charge. I, I just realized that I'm backwards on the stream. So I'm looking at myself in a very funny way. I feel very weird. I'm backwards from last week. And uh, yes, yeah, so if, you, if you're lucky, we will read things out. And uh, yes, yeah, so that. Yes, and as you can tell, we're a little flustered. We had a tiny bit of technical difficulties getting started today for the live stream. And I want to apologize if my voice starts to sound weird. I was sick last week, no voice, and I'm still not quite 100%. But anyway, as always, before we begin our show proper, we're going to do our icebreaker. It's a question we ask every show at the start of it that has absolutely nothing to do with our subject matter or anything else. It's sort of just to talk about ourselves because we need the ego boost we've been fired <laughs> mm. so are you ready for your icebreaker question i am yes go ahead you have through mystical or scientific depending on which way you want to look at it been given an extra one hour a day your days are now 25 hours long what do you do with that one extra hour a good one that that's a very good one Yay me! One extra hour. You see, I one extra hour. When I'm busy, like I'm going to say when I'm busy because when I'm not busy, that one extra hour would go on gaming probably because I, I you know, it's my <laughs> relaxation time. Um, almost every day, my my patterns are very similar. Even when I'm not busy, I work, and then I game a little bit, and then I do a bit more work at night. But it's usually on personal projects. Oh God, right. an extra hour! I don't. You're going to have to go first. I'm I'm struggling. I would use that hour to sleep because I would keep my normal schedule, which is not sleeping mm. much to begin with, and working and gaming a bit too much, reading more books, etc. So that extra hour would just be lumped into a sleep hodgepodge. See, I, I get enough sleep. I do. I sleep very well, and I sleep, you know, a regular seven, eight hours a night. Um, and I go to bed. I'm I'm really old now. I go to bed about seven, um, about nine or ten o'clock at night. So. <laughs> what does I seven? It is seven. You're I, still I know. awake. To be fair, I should, by now, <laughs> by, by about two o'clock in the afternoon, I'm in my gym jams, ready to go to bed. So, um, no, I think if, I think I'd just go gaming. I think I'd add more gaming in there, but it might be gaming with the wife, you know, or, or doing some co-op couch play stuff. You know, I'd, I'd, we do plenty of that mm. again. Maybe even tell you what, an hour of Scrabble a night. There you go. That's stimulating. I'd play that. Play Scrabble. Yeah, with what rules? Well, normal English rules. <laughs> normal English rules. Okay. The normal, the rules that are in the book. What, what, what's different about what different rules can you get for Scrabble? 
Just like with Uno, although recently a tweet from Uno basically sent the world to dither where you couldn't place a like a draw two card on top of another draw two card or something like that. There are different things you can do with Scrabble as well. And different words and other stuff. Oh, right. Well, yeah. probably out of the box because my wife, she, right. Have you played, you've played Monopoly? Everyone's played Monopoly. Surely. Sadly. Yeah. It is one of the worst board games in existence. It is there because, so it, but everyone, it's accessible and that's why it's so popular probably. But my wife right. will not play outside of the rules when we play Monopoly. That is me and all my friends who are like trading cards and paying extra money for mortgage, you know, when we mortgage things and getting, like, oh, you've mortgaged that property. Can I buy that property off you? And, and you know, you negotiating. She doesn't have any of that. She feels really, really uncomfortable. So we have to play the official rules. If it's not in the dictionary in Scrabble, it's not getting played. Well, we have definitely learned something. Yes. So on to this week's Actually, subject. Actually, kind of, it kind of makes me like your wife even more. She's very. She's a stickler. <laughs> she won't cross the road without without pressing the button on a, a yellow. Uh, and a pelican crossing she what uh, she's a goody two shoes that's what we call her goody two shoes <laughs> also other call says i'll have you know i've bankrupt many a person in that game that's the idea he's brutal yeah brutal brutalness <laughs> Absolutely is brutal shrewd businessman that's it so yes on to this week's subject oi freelancer you're fired so mm. both josie and i have lost clients this week uh, last week well, in fact because we wrote the script last week <laughs> And um, it was the week before that because it all you know. No, it's a bit different from normal. Now, so mm. there's there's lots of different things that go through people's heads when they, they get fired. Now, I was fired for a very specific reason. Now, Josie, I you we haven't really discussed either of our uh, of our fired. No, we our... have we were saving it specifically yeah. for the show because we literally both woke up one morning like so this happened and you're like well that that happened to me and we're like let's do a show yeah so so <laughs> do, you, do you want to talk about it I, you know actually <laughs> i would i really would um because one of the things uh which we'll get into a little bit later in the show um was the the wonderful reason for why I was fired by my client. Um, I say fired with bunny ears for those who are not watching us live because we had a contract for a very fixed period of time, but it was a trial thing to see how things would work. And the expectations were laid out, things were very clearly defined, and yet I was not renewed contract-wise because their unrealistic expectations weren't met. So they didn't think that you fulfilled their expectations? Yep, even though it was very clearly stated from the outset what those expectations were, what the deliverables were, what the realistic ROI was going to be, and like everything else that went with it. And it, it was almost eye-opening for me because... I understand that even if you have something written in black and white, people are still going to believe what they wish to believe, mm -hmm. no matter how much you stress a, a, a key point of a feature, a project, a build process, or whatever. And what I have learned from this is the next time I run across a client, I now have one extra added question to my interview process that I do with them to decide whether I want to take them on as a client. And it is simply the phrase or the question, how much effort and time will you put into this project? Mm. 
because in the end, I usually have that question sort of kind of a given. It's like, you're going to get me these deliverables, right? Yes, and they will get me the deliverables, but the time they put into it has a drastic impact on the actual sort of outcome of what those deliverables can do. So instead of just simply saying, will you get me the deliverables? It's how much time are you going to realistically give me in this? And I will put that in our contract. Yeah. Now, that's a it's a very important <laughs> point that I, I um I'm actually in the process of negotiating a contract at the moment. Um a contract for a, a company that I've worked with before. They're very mm -hmm. much uh, they're very flexible. They work with me on a, a deliverables and a milestone basis. It's not just a day rate like a lot of contractors get. It is it is you will deliver this by this date and then we will pay you and then we will sorry, we'll pay you a day rate and then we'll also pay you a bonus which will make up the day rate, you know. So there's a risk there. Right. Which is fine. And I, I haven't ever had a problem getting paid for them before or anything like that. But every single time we've agreed a list of deliverables, it's been very much focused on uh, it's 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 there's a lot of back and forth there's a lot of right so what you've asked for there is a, ve a very great if you're going to hold money back on me based on your expectations then i have to set your expectations at this level i've had exactly the same thing happening today in the last couple of days while i've been trying to get this contract raised uh, finally today mm -hmm. we've come to an agreement and i'm very happy with it and by the sounds of it they're very happy with it everything's been confirmed but there is also an expectation that they are going to be available for me and they are because i'm going to do some of the work remotely then i'm going to go and see them so when i'm there i've got a bit more control but when i'm remote no control whatsoever and what they're doing during the day they've got their own day jobs to do they've got yeah. their own in you know own objectives and goals i'm employed hang on i'm not employed i am brought on as an, an expert contracted. yes i'm contracted <laughs> as an expert to provide services for a set period of time and that set period of time i have to deliver what they expect now mm. initially when i got the first email with the list of their expectations I, d I think there was just a miscommunication problem. I don't think they actually expected what I thought they did. They they wanted reports writing. They wanted what I thought they wanted, a code analysis plus, um, this is a seven-day period, by the way, initially, um, for three solutions as well. So it's, it's quite a lot of work. Um, mm. they, they wanted uh, me to look at documenting the code, fully documenting the code, um, wanted me to look at uh, planning for future pieces of software, and there was something else as well, which was basically there was way too much work for seven days, but I think it was just the way that they worded it. So that's important, especially at the contract yeah. stage, to clarify and set expectations and and explain why you have to set these expectations because they've got their own reasons for wanting to set these deliverables. But there also, there also has to be a president there to say, I need support from you guys because I don't know everything about your com company. I don't. I need to ask no. questions. Part of my services is a requirement gathering and technical translation process. I agree. I also really love the way that you're totally skirting around your being fired. Yes. Well, I'm not skirting around it because I'm talking about the future, which is how I look at being fired. I look at the future. Oh. There's a retrospective element of being fired as well. So... Alex. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that, but okay. I, I want to hear your firing story. So I have been working for a, uh, I've been working in the uh, Internet of Things and um, API management area 
I feel pull. like I should grow fangs at this moment in time and hiss at you. Like my inner Darth Securitas is all IOT. He's Oh, I didn't get to I didn't get to the point where security was that much of a concern with it. I was very high level designs and what I was looking at. So fair, it wasn't fair enough. It is important, but, it's, but it's the whole not. IOT thing just gets like I get heckles down my back like I'm a dog or something. These are very close systems, so there's not as much of a, a, a security concern around them. Um mm where they're deployed was anyway getting off the subject so mm -hmm. i i was working on um projections for future funding for a product for a particular product right um so my work was very low priority when it came to um accountants looking at figures and basically uh. and also based on the project they've they've just had a reshuffle they've had to drop an entire sprint team considering they had four separate sprint teams all of about 20 20 developers each um but i was i wasn't involved in any of the um the project work i was working on the product side of things so i was working on designs that would facilitate the gathering of funding or the approval of funding that would then sign off project work for the future. So right. it's very low priority, the stuff I was working on. I was contracted for six months. When I spoke to them initially, they said, it's very likely that we'll have to, we'll reduce your days later on. And I said, that's fine because I've got other clients that want my time as well. And I was actually in the process of negotiating with future, the future client that I've just signed contract with about doing two days for them, three days for them. So anyway, basically project changes shifts in priorities um and i'd already delivered the vast majority of what they wanted anyway so mm. mine wasn't a firing <laughs> it was a <laughs> right you're a low priority you're a contractor you're just a, i'm basically being redlined by an accountant you know that's... you were fired by one of the bean counters essentially yeah it sounds like it but at the same time i did get feedback from my client and the client said to me specifically it's absolutely nothing to do with you chris which i mean i don't know if they're saying that just to appease me or not but i am very open with mm. them very honest and i, I like to think that they do the same with me um i'm very clear cut you know in what i can and can't you deliver are. and when i will deliver things as well and and the quality of what i do as well i like to think most everything they said you've you've produced a technical design you've pr produced feasibility studies you've produced um vendor um kind of reviews there's they bought a few companies that needed to look at their technical stack and i just did high level question you know requirement gathering stages um i did a few reports a few impact studies that kind of thing and mm. they were very happy with what i delivered I've also left the door well and truly open with them. And I said to them, I know that it's difficult with them being such a big company to engage a contractor through an agency without going through a tender process and putting job adverts out and things like that. But if you do want to engage me in the future as a supplier, then please, you know, please get in touch in an informal way. Just send me an email, give me a call, see if I'm available and see if I can fit you in. And I'll tell you what I can and can't do because they liked the fact that was why I got the job. They liked the fact that I was flexible. They don't always get that with contractors. That is true. That is absolutely true. But it's, it's, it is the danger of being a freelancer, this sort of uncertainty, because even if you have a contract, you know, there is always going to be a sort of get out of clause. Yes. And I'm... that's something that can be negotiated. Um, but yes, so. I, I, I actually insist uh, as much as I possibly can with most of my contracts to have, um, either immediate or five day 
kind of notice periods because it doesn't matter what my notice period is really because if I'm not working for them, I don't charge them. Exactly. I could. I've. I in fact, current new new well, client. If you I, have a retainer, that's different. That's a very different type of thing, though. A contract, a retainer yeah. contract. I'm talking about a contract of services. If you're not providing those services for X days, you go on holiday. You are unavailable due to illness, or there's just no work for you. There's something called mutuality of obligation within a contract, and that mutuality of obligation is essentially. I have no obligation whatsoever to accept work from you other than that is in this contract, so the deliverables, and mm. you have no obligation to provide me work when there is no work to do. So in mm. that instance, I know it, it makes a contract almost pointless, but the contract is there in case something goes wrong yeah. and you don't It covers deliver. everything, the indemnities. The, yeah. yeah. If you walk it's, away it's from a contract so and leave them in the lurch, if you leave them in the in a in a horrible place, then it's important that they can recoup their costs. And again, usually it's covering the agency as well if there's an agency involved. Yeah. Yes. So those are the basic stories behind how we experienced our recent Oi Freelancer, You're Fired. But those aren't the only ways that you can find yourself fired as a freelancer or contractor. Yeah. And it very much does just depend on the size of the client as well. Um, Generally, the smaller clients, they look at you more as a person than yes. as a re than as a number. You're not a number. Well, you, you're you can be. Not a number. It depends if the. I mean, again, newer client, they are funded by some a, a big conglomerate over in East Asia. Right. They have. I mean, it's a, it's a name that lots of people know, but they have funding. That's where all of their money comes from. So it's right. it's difficult for them to act like a small company, even though they are a tiny company in comparison. You know, I, I think in a way you can also ingratiate yourself into larger companies and not be a number. I think it's it can depend on where the funding comes from. I think it's part the size of the company, part the financial size of the company, because that makes a huge difference. A lot of the time I tend to find myself speaking with and engaging with people who are on the floor, the doers, or mm. middle management who are the uh, middle tier decision makers, but they don't have any control whatsoever with the funding. Previous client, the one that I've just been fired from, I was directly engaged by somebody who who uh, wrote bids for funding, but that was it. He didn't really have much control over it because it came from corporate head office in the US or something like that. So it's yeah. it's a, you know it soulless corporations rar. Yeah. Yes, there's also things like, in your case, you suffered a project shift slightly. I think it was a more more than budget cuts, yeah, because budget cuts are one thing, but project shifts are another thing. Mm -hmm. I think, and I don't know for certain, I have no real insight because I don't tend to get involved with the project side of things in this particular contract. I think what's happened is they've lost this team, they've reallocated some internal resources. There've actually been a number of other contractors who were on the project as well that have been dumped. So either uh, either there's something like with the, the, the end client contract, either something's going on there or or they're, they're just looking at the lines and going, right, we need to cut some, some expenses here because we're near the, nearing the end of the project or we're two thirds of the way through. Right. We're not quite delivered what the client expects us. 
I don't know. It's not really my concern. I I understand who I am, what I am, and accept it. You know, it doesn't make me feel bad <laughs> for being fired. No, <laughs> and it's and that's I think something that's that's really really important to keep in mind. Um, the different things that you can be fired from as a contractor can be the exact same reasons you get fired working in a corporate environment or a business environment. You know, you have, like we said, your project shifts, your budget cuts. If you underperform, that that can definitely get you fired from a contract. Well, that Especially... is specif specifically written into a lot of contracts as well. Yes. It is in most is. of mine. If I, if, if, if the company, it's worded something like, if the company, the end client, um, has reason to believe that the contractor or the service provider is, uh, has not delivered their services adequately, then they have the right to terminate immediately. It's yeah, termination is it, they're spelling out termination and the uh, I was going to say st steps. Oh, okay. <laughs> As I start coughing, so sorry. But termination is actually a very see now he's got me all confused because for those of you who aren't watching he has stood up he has walked away and he has made noise which has completely distracted no me. i sorry oh, i, no, I actually muted the stream then, so they couldn't hear that <laughs> oh great that's so why I, I was going keep going oh okay, okay fair enough yeah. see that's just going to be a wonderful lookup. but yes <laughs> um the termination agreements are a definite thing but then you also have you know expectations not being met or misunderstood and i want to stress that while i was fired for expectations not being met i am going to return that with i was fired because they didn't meet my expectations so it was their way of trying to i guess protect themselves because the next time we were going to get together to discuss the continuation of the contract it was going to be i am happy to do this if you know so I'm going to go along with that. Uh, but it is a very, very important thing to have a good solid understanding of what your requirements are mm -hmm. and nail them down into black and white deliverables, not just generic. Generic gets you overtime without pay. Generic gets you, but that's written in the contract. No, no, it's not. But that's the way I see it because it wasn't clear black and white cut now, type of a thing. I have to add a caveat to this requirement gathering. Um, mm -hmm. Now, what what I tend to do these days is at the contract stage, I create something called a statement of work, which is a very, not very, it's a fairly high level document that states mm -hmm. these are the top level things that I'm going to deliver. So a report, a piece of software that does this, uh, something else, you know, a website, something like that if there is an understanding or you've been provided with requirements at that stage a website for example let's keep it simple i'm going to provide you a website five pages contact page news page this that and the other you know that at a contract stage for me is adequate because expectation management is part of the job and requirement gathering full requirement gathering is a chargeable process for me i have worked on um, I have worked on uh, solutions that have taken me six months to requirement gather. Ah, okay. I was about to sit and go, how strange. I don't necessarily do that. Um, but, you know, 
I can understand at least from what you do, why that is a thing, especially with some of the systems and things that you work and you build and stuff like that. I mean, a website's a bad example for me, it's but it makes it simpler example. for like the listeners who are listening. If it's something simple, yes, go for it. Requirement gather as much as you want, but I've already spent two to three days sending emails back and forth to this previous client that I'm going to be doing more work for. That's a, that's two to three days in total over the last couple of months. That's a lot of money to, to you is. know, it's a lot of time to be investing. It's a, it's a, that isn't chargeable obviously because it's the, the high level negotiation process, but it still needs to be recouped somewhere. Now I'm a small one person provider. If you're a company that will get rolled into whatever you agree in yeah. the future. I don't really work that way. I can't really recoup those costs. Although I do based on a day rate or based on project right. deliverable milestones. It, it really does depend, but you have to think about that. You can't just, and clients have to be aware that if it's a long requirement gathering process, that is a chargeable um, element. Oh my God, yes, you better. So if you're gonna take um, two weeks to, to gather requirements, you, you tell them this and you say, right, we'll agree two weeks now. Two weeks will be how long I spend on this at this rate. And then after that, we can agree how much it's going to cost to actually implement the project if that's how a client needs to work. Yeah, and I know some people who go, you need to be paid to do that. Oh, that's actually hysterical. The There's a, in the, in the IT industry, um, and this is something for anybody who, I don't know, happens to stumble upon this podcast going, who are these crazy people? What are they talking about? If you are looking to hire anyone to do contract or freelance work for you in the IT industry, understand that it is not as simple as, I want a website that has a contact form and a store. There is so many things hidden in the process of that one statement mm -hmm. that you need to be willing to understand why someone would ask for payment for that kind of requirement gathering situation. There are huge, huge, huge companies out there who'll be like, um, yes, we've received your request for proposal. We're going to do all this stuff to do it. You need to pay us X amount of money to get this request for proposal um, so that we can send you all of our particular proposal. And uh, they do a craptastic job that is not indicative of the industry. Just be aware of that. Um, but yes, moving forward, uh, we also have, when it comes to getting fired, legal issues and disagreements. So disagreements can be personality. Yeah, I mean, I have to admit that's, I, I don't get on with everybody. I mean, I know it's hard no to believe. Does. I know it's really hard to believe that I don't get on You are people. so perfect in so many ways. It's been so long since I've called you perfect on this oh, show. No, but, oh. but the disagreements, to me, is not a valid reason. Uh, sorry, not necessarily disagreements. Disagreements, um, when I contract somewhere, I contract my services as a company. Now, it happens to be a personal service company that I personally mm -hmm. deliver, but that doesn't mean that my personality should necessarily affect it. I got the job based on my personality. Now, if they if they feel, they, they might make up an excuse because they don't like me or try and find some other way of getting out the contract, but legally they cannot get rid of me because they don't like me. That isn't how a contract is written. Well, see, this is, this is where I see the term disagreement in this lovely set of show notes that we have here to the side. 
different than you. To me, I have actually run into a situation with a client several years ago who fired me because even though they hired me for my expertise, they didn't like what I had to say. Okay. Hmm. They didn't like the fact that my expertise expressed a very specific set of instructions. To put it simply, you have a site that is selling something, you need an SSL certificate. This See, was back that's before them, Let's Encrypt existed. That's that's them dis, that's them um, not necessarily disagreeing with you. That's them not understanding what you were there to do. No, they didn't like the fact that I was pushing a uh, solution mm -hmm. that was industry standard that would cost them more money. Right. So that because does this, happen. This was back before Let's Encrypt existed. So this is back in the days where you had to spend gratuitous amounts of money for a yearly SSL certificate from someplace like Komodo or Thwait or whatever. But you know. So you still need to do that in some industries and in some instances. You still need to go, right, your SSL certificate's going to cost you £4,000 a year because mm. you have, um, I mean, Let's Encrypt isn't appropriate for every single website and no. every single application out there. And in fact, a lot of companies will not consider it. So it's still a thing. It's still a thing when I when someone says to me, oh, we need someone who's a SQL Server expert and we need a SQL Server um, provisioned and deployed and configured for this particular project. And you go, okay, that's 20,000 pounds, please, for the, for the license cost, you know? because yeah. you've got an eight core processor or you, you you want so many client access licenses or whatever the particular licensing yep. is at the moment or you, right we we need an oracle server okay right i've come on site i've had a look at your oracle server i've i've analyzed what you've currently got whoever's installed this hasn't licensed it properly they've actually cracked it i've seen that before i've seen people oh i have too and when that happens and you come back to them and say i'm sorry professionally i cannot I cannot condone this. It's up to you how you continue, and I'm happy to provide the software and the queries and everything else that sits on top of it. But my professional opinion is you need to do something about this. This is how much it will cost. That's up to them to make that decision. I've actually fired a client um, after going through um, the, the requirements and the gathering stage for a website and things because they firmly believe that it was okay to use copyrighted images on their website. Mm, again. And I I refuse to be part of that or privy to it. Now, th there's there's the refusal of if you are directly involved in sourcing those images and putting them on their website then yes, absolutely refuse if you are directly involved in it. If they happen to do that using software that you've created or a website well, obviously, that you've I've created. got indemnity for things like that. Yeah, but in this case, part concern. of the job was me um, actually taking the content that they send to me and putting it on the site for them because they didn't want to have anything to do with that sort of humdrum, boring kind of content update, mm -hmm. which is fine. And I was happy to do that until it came down to the sticking point of, no, you cannot copy someone else's work and not attribute them. 
I mean, heck, even our show, the music we listen to is attributed in every single episode. Mm-hmm. And we're so particular about that. But that kind of disagreement thing can rear its head up in the weirdest moments. And that's what I think of when I think of disagreements. Okay. Now, when I think of personality conflicts, I am sort of half and half with you on the the someone not like someone trying to fire you because they don't like you. Okay. In your case, you end up working in huge groups of people or large projects, or you're not doing a one to one or one to two. Uh, Like me, I'm usually one to two, one to six, depending. Eight. Sorry. More more often than not, these days, I am actually on a much smaller scale. I might be part of a big company, but I'm I'm working with one or two people. But I think disagreements can come in a lot of different ways. And I think how disagreements are handled says an awful lot mm-hmm. i mean in the when we were talking about the in the primer thing we were talking about um how uh the, the thought is gone because of my throat so, so that's fine we can move on to the, the next part so, of this discussion i i 100 agree <laughs> there's a number of different ways we can disagree but there's also what mm. we've, we've already covered slightly is unprofessionalism yes now unprofessionalism is definitely something you can be fired for um, what's it called? Disparaging behavior or something like that. It's It's got an official term in contracts normally. And if you, I don't know, you punch somebody at work, you know, you do something. Now, no wow. matter no matter if you, I've seen it, I've seen it happen. I've told you stories actually on the, the weird dev stories. The, oh my God, yeah. People the, have, the QA you, or... you get angry at work. I mean, that time I threw a chair at a wall, you know, I could have easily been fired for that. But yeah. under the circumstances, the person, the, the, the people who, could would have fired me totally on 100 percent were on my side and understood why it happened i didn't hit anybody i didn't injure anyone i did put a hole in the wall but it was beside the point and it was many many years ago when i was much younger and i had never ever crossed my mind to do that you know it's not something mm. that's in within me anymore um but it, it happens you see unprofessionalism all the time even if it's just a thing uh, something like right so somebody's slacking off at work that's unprofessional i'm getting paid an amount to to do work for you to provide services for a full day if i just at working at home if i decide to play a game for an entire day instead of providing my services then that is unprofessional and you can be fired for that and i agree you should be fired for that kind of thing it's it's interesting um having had a nine to fiver and other around the clock you know fixed schedule things at companies and being a contractor or being a freelancer, running your own company, whatever, I see a difference in how I act. If I am getting a guaranteed paycheck from uh, Joe Blob International, I will still go in, I'll do my work, but I'm not going to feel like the sort of Damocles hanging over my head with expectation. Because at that moment in time, when you're surrounded by a group of people, part of the work experience is the engagement in the people you're working with. Um, or participating in that 15th meeting that you really shouldn't have been a part of in the first place, but they wanted someone to sit in on the call. So you still had to sit on on the, like that whole thing. But on my own, doing what I do, um, when I have a project in front of me, if I am not giving it my 1000% at like almost full octane, constantly while I am on that clock, I feel like shit. I wouldn't say... And I can't 
I, I get so frustrated. I, I get really frustrated when I work with some of the companies that have that sort of laid back mentality or they're like, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll get that deliverable to you soon. And you're sitting there going, can I have the deliverable, please? I am literally at a blocker because of you. Can mm -hmm. I have the deliverable, please? Yeah, 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 we'll get it to you. And after two weeks of chasing, I finally get the deliverable. But by that point, I've started another project up for another client that I have booked my time for. And their response is, I want it right now. Yep. I've gotten you the deliverable. Give it to me right now. And I'm just sitting there going, we had well, a this deal. Is, this is expe expectation <laughs> management. And it is a constant battle. And it is a constant juggling juggling act, isn't it? To, to <laughs> juggle up mul yes. multiple clients. Or even multiple projects for an individual client. <laughs> yes. Just, I mean, that was, again, one of the things I had to do in my last, my last job was that I had no less than six different workflows going on at any one time. And it was just mm. speaking to different people in different time zones all the time compiling documents, looking at different technical solutions, looking at different implementations of software and trying to cobble together each of the individual deliverables, you know? Mm -hmm. And I did, I managed to do it with most of them, all but one, which was I was on, in the process of working on towards the end. Um, and it, you know, and that's, that's the job. The job as a freelancer is to make, be able to juggle your time and make the most effective use of it. I'm not perfect. Nobody's perfect. We all do waste mm. a little bit of time. But I tell you what, I waste a lot less time at home than I do in an office. That oh my God, yes. 100%. I mean, 1,000% more. It's, I am so right there with you. And not it, a lot it, of people do, though. That well, isn't, no. isn't I know some people who literally cannot work from home. It is impossible for them to mm -hmm. do so um but we're we're sort of getting we edging are. towards the end of our show but i want to make one very clear statement about being fired as a freelancer the word fired should not be a negative word no nor should the word terminated or, or yeah or terminated or let go or what have you it just your mindset should be different than that of the nine to fiver going, oh no, no guaranteed paycheck. There is a, a perspective, a connotation to the word fire that is very negative mm -hmm. or like go or term, whatever word you want to use for that release of contract preemptively. To me, it is a perfect moment for me to stop, sit back and go, what just happened? There's a reflection moment, isn't there? There's this self-evaluation yes. that we have to do as well. I mean, yes, I do Lessons do that. Lessons learned from projects. That's sort of what ends up happening in my brain. That whole, all right, this is what we did. This is what went wrong. This is what didn't go wrong. This is, you know, like all of that and that one uh, project management lessons learned kind of a thing. Yeah. Happens. I mean, you do that in, in an agile process, you do that on a circular basis, but as a contractor, it's diff, or as a self-employed person, it's different in that mm. you should be reflecting on the relationship that you had with that client, what you could have done better with them, how you could have spoke to them differently. Is there any way you could possibly have retained that client? Can you possibly work for that client again in the future? All of those yes. things. I mean, what do, before we do go, I know we've, we haven't even scratched the surface no. of our show notes again. However, we did it with the first episode. We just couldn't nail it with this one, which just means this is just another one of those fun topics we're going to have a lot more to say on. Hmm. However, 
because of the fact that this is about being fired, I really want to clarify, if you find yourself preemptively let out of a contract and it was not your choice, do me a big favor, take your moment and go through your seven steps of grieving and then sit down and actually think, okay, what happened? And be true to yourself. I mean, there's not that. There's nothing worse than uh, sitting there going, well, they fired me because Bob didn't like me. Darn you, Bob and the bean counting department. It's never really that simple. And it's never it personal. Really well, very rarely it's personal. Very rarely is it. Well. It does happen, but it's, it's in my instance, usually, I've. Yeah, it's, it's never really personal. It's usually about the things that we discussed, you know. My uh, contracts. Project shift, are, budgets. I, I must have had over 20. 25 contracts uh, in my career and I've only ever I've never been fired from a permanent job but I've only ever been um let go of two contracts the one that just happened and one a few years back after a, the one a few years back was after a very intense period of work um about three three or six months I can't remember but it was it was a I was lead I was the lead the tech lead on the project I was let go when they hit maintenance mode, we'd released, we'd got things in production, we'd right. got everything going, and I was essentially saying to them, when we hit maintenance mode, I'm leaving anyway. And I think, that I don't know why, I think there was a little bit, well, there was a, very much a toxic culture in that particular company. And they, it was a spiteful thing for them to do at that moment. They had, mm -hmm. they were well within the rights because they, they made me essentially redundant. They said that you had nothing else to do, which I didn't. All of the project work had been delivered by one feature. Again, that, that one feature was in uh, QA at the time, and it was pretty much mm -hmm. ready to go. There wasn't any bugs or anything. It was pretty much ready to go, but they got rid of me and it was because of somebody I hired for them to take over. And he just, he was just a little bitch. Let's put it that way. Ooh. Yes, Ooh. he was. He wasn't a very nice person. He got in the ear of, of a new um, upper management member of staff and decided that he was, um, he wanted to return the contract and go forward. He was absolutely useless and didn't last much longer than I when I was there. I mean, he, and he just basically befriended this new member of staff who who had all of the control but didn't really have any idea of what was going on within the company because he was brand new. And right. and but it was I I'd finished what I'd done anyway. I was so close to essentially handing my notice in. Regardless, it didn't really make any odds to me. And everybody yeah. knew as well. I was very vocal about it. I wasn't like having a go at anybody. I was saying that when we hit maintenance mode, there's nothing else for me to do here. It is essentially I've handed over to the permanent, the, the new permanent employees that I've helped to bring on, and that's it. There's not. I'm done. Yeah, in my case, um, uh, I, I I've walked out of a nine to fiver, but that place was so toxic. I wasn't the only one that day. Six of us walked out and didn't return. I've left plenty of jobs, but um, I haven't been fired from them. The only time that I like, I, 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 I might be partially brain dead because I'm still partially sick, but I can't think of a time that I've actually properly, properly, properly been fired. Um, the only firing that I have experienced has actually been as a contractor. And nine times out of 10, except this past one, which was, in my opinion, um, unrealisticness, even though there was a very clear thing, but me, mm -hmm. uh, and the only time that happens to me is usually because there has been a budget cut and it's something that 
I understand, but I have never burned my bridges mm -hmm. with the people who have let me go for budget cuts or project shifts or anything else. And it's at that point where I get the emails with people going, I know we had to let you go. Can we have you back just for a fixed period of time? Can you just do this one thing for yep. us? And that is um, manna from the gods. That speaks that is louder ambrosia. than words, it, it really does. Um, there's nothing better than having that horrible day where you're sitting there banging your head against so, some problem you're trying to solve. And you get that email going, I'm not tiring you from work, but I just want to remind you, I love you and I'll be in touch with you. And I'm going to hire you again once I've got the budget for you. It's such a nice feeling. So that, like, that, hey. that is kind of, I mean, we, we wanted to cover a lot more about being fired and how to handle mm. it and what to do afterwards and how to, you know, mental state and all kinds of other things. What's yep. really important is to not take it personally. What's really important is to make sure that you're proactive in looking for new pieces of work. You don't, you don't wallow. You don't worry about what you've, what's mm -hmm. happened. You do self-reflect. You do learn from the, from the process and evaluate, honestly try and evaluate what you've done. Now, I know we've spent a lot of the time on this podcast making excuses for why we've been fired, talking about why we've been <laughs> fired. And I know both of us have done it. Um, yeah. and, and talking about the fact that it's not our fault. There's obviously some that there's 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 an element of fault there. Whether whether it's in your case, Josie, it may be that mm. you didn't manage the expectations of the client as well as you should have done. You didn't communicate with them as well as you should have done, possibly. And I'm absolutely. not saying that is the case. No, I'm saying it, that, it that might be the case. It's in, mod like I said, it's one hundred percent modified my onboarding process. And in, in my so. instance it could be that it could be that I haven't communicated with the client enough. I mean, I said maybe I over-delivered. Maybe I, I don't know. Maybe I delivered things quicker than they expected me to. That is a danger as a contractor. But there was if also... you over-deliver and they let you go early because you got it in on time or uh, ahead of time, ahead of budget, and at the right but, quality, and all of a sudden they're like, "We've got everything we need to buy." It's like I like, oh, to, I like to think that that will get me. And and the burning bridges thing you said means that hopefully if I've over-delivered in a particular contract and they've let me go early, then they will get me back. This new client, or yes. returning client, I essentially didn't have contracts renewed. There was plenty of work there, but they didn't have the budget to renew, renew me at the time. They've come yep. back to me nearly a year later and they've said, Chris, we want you and we want you to get involved with this at a different level now because they've lost some staff they need additional help so i am now providing more services to them as a business that's a positive thing for me even though i was let go a year ago so yeah, you know you exactly. have to look at the you have to think about it as positively as you can otherwise you will just sit and worry you know every contractor most contractors let's say i know are permi contractors and that they, they they just work at a, a place of business and then they'll speak to an agent and get another contract and then they'll just keep doing the same thing over and over and i look at things like a business and i look at my repeat clients i try and i didn't yep. used to do this i didn't i didn't i didn't used to put much onus on repeat business but these days i'm very much about it and i'm i repeat enjoy it as well is repeat business can be a bread and butter in some cases, or mm. a, a, a random landfall for a contractor. Now, we are at a point where we should definitely dive into an RTFM. Yes. So RTFM is the part of our show where we 
get a chance to rant, rave about anything. Doesn't always have to be development, but you know, sometimes it's worth it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> do you have an RTFM? Chris? I do. Mine um, surrounds quality analysis of oh. um, software and hardware products. Um, I have, and I'm going to call the company out right now because I'm so utterly sick of their hardware. It's ridiculous. Um, there's a company called Garmin you may or may not have heard of. Mm. Garmin provides uh, fitness trackers, uh, fitness devices for cycling, for running. <laughs> Do for... I look like someone well, who would know that? I'm just joking. Go so on. they also <laughs> provide GPS for your car. They do all kinds of stuff. But basically, they are GPS providers and trackers. So I have something called a Garmin 820 for my bike, which is extremely advanced kind of cycling computer it's got everything you could possibly do if you've got the right sensors you can sensor everything up to the cadence that you're cycling at the you can monitor your heart rate you can monitor the uh, speed you're doing you know gps coordinates wow. you can send i can send my wife a image to, a, a map link to tell me where i am in the country if i'm out on my bike that kind of thing really advanced bit of kit i also have some scales just sat behind me down there i'm just pointing at uh, that's the box for them right i've also had a watch um that you can wear again a, a tracker for swimming um from mm. them i've also had um another device before the bike computer which was a simpler device the, the original bike device i had to send back it was rubbish it just would, would not sync with anything um the the 820 bike computer i've had to send back um, because it wouldn't sync with my phone i the the scales i'm on my second set of scales i'm about to send these back and get my third set of scales and the swimming watch i had to send back because that just would not work whatsoever or with anything it just wouldn't sync with their online cloud services and stuff the, the quality analysis of this company who's a global company who you spend 350 pounds on one of these devices you know three it's just i know it's a really advanced computer but and it does loads of things, but oh my god, that just the 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 worst quality analysis in the world. Just check that you're that they're fit for purpose. You know, check that they do what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to sync with your phone, and they're supposed to upload to a cloud. That's all you want it to do. No, not having it. That's it, stuck it, in it, maintenance mode. Them scales are stuck in maintenance. They don't wear you anymore. They're supposed to pick up all your bi biometrics and everything. And no. Anyway, rant. Done. Well, as, as you know, in the IT world, you know, the more things you have part wise, the more that could possibly go wrong. But I also throw out as a cynical individual, that's a very smart business model on their part, because the fitness industry is so full of um, uh, fashion fitness mm -hmm. in the style of people who are not very dedicated, but oh, you know, I'm on the new fad, so You've I'm going to try and point. do this new thing. And most people, when they get their hands on, they're like, oh, it's a bit like when you go to say, I'm going to learn how to play guitar and you have to buy, you know, a Les Paul, like mm -hmm. the most expensive guitar, but you All never pick up and no play idea. All the gears, no idea. Exactly. And it's a smart business model because I bet you, I bet you, you are one of a small percentile who has ever said anything about it and yet i bet they're making bank but again oh, that yeah. is me being cynical 
they are market leaders in what they do. They are absolutely market leaders. However, their products do not stand the test of time. As soon as you just mm. synchronizing something with a, a smartphone is a, such a simple thing. But it, it's a QA process problem. It's not a business model. It's that they have yeah. shit QA. Simple as that. That's fair enough. Well, my RTFM is uh, a very simple one. I, I actually mentioned uh, something on Twitter. It's, um, you know, if you have an app or a bit of software or anything that people rely on and you do an update and you modify settings into a different state without telling people in the change log that these settings will be modified, I want you to go die in a fire. Hmm. Not really, but seriously, just if you're going to, t if you're going to have a single toggle go from off to on with your update, tell us hmm. so that we can make educated choices and guesses. I spent 30 minutes today, which may not seem like a lot, but I spent 30 minutes today looking and going, why is this thing not working? It worked perfectly fine. What changed? And there was nothing in the change logs, nothing at all. And I bet the documentation like, hadn't been updated either. Mm -mm, obviously not. So I was like, okay, I'm going to have to go step by step through every single setting that impacts what I'm doing. And I finally found it, but that was 30 minutes of my time wasted on a problem that shouldn't have happened in the first place. So just do me a favor, be honest. I've had it before where a config setting has changed from a, it was a, a binary setting um, and it used the value true or false and they changed it, it was a JSON file. They changed it from a string value of true or false to a binary value of true or false, so you know, true a true boolean. Yeah. Um, in JSON um, schemas, and it was a simple thing, but there was no error output that, that made any sense. It was an internal config file that we did we could access, but it was a proprietary config file rather. And oh. so we, you know, it was it was it was documented, but it was such a it wasn't in a change log, and it was such a simple change, but it just didn't work. Yeah. Oh, so frustrating. <sighs> but that's our TFM. And yes. now we are at the end of our show. Oh my gosh. Thank mm. you to all of you guys for joining us. Hi, <laughs> Tool Tepe. <laughs> poor Tool Tepe has been working like a dog. Mm. And poor Evercall is now crying. And to everybody else, I see you lurking. Don't think I don't. I totally do see oh, you lurking. You missed the show, but Tool Tepe. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, um, but yes, uh, thank you so much for joining us live on Twitch, twitch.tv slash DNI stream. And for all of you listening in the podcast in the future on one of the many numerous platforms, which you can find us now from Apple to Spotify to Google Podcasts to all kinds of places we are discoverable everywhere and it's down we to josie so i want to say i want to say publicly thank mm. you very much josie you've done a wonderful job this week uh, just this week just this last week. week i couldn't move out of bed it was just <laughs> no, like you can hear my voice is starting to go but yes so come visit our website www.dnistream.live you can find links to all of our past podcasts you can find links to our discord and our youtube channel 
And you can also use our website to contact us for any reason. If you want to be a guest on the show, you want to suggest a topic you've enjoyed today, please give us some feedback. The contact form is working now. Or you've hit hit everything we talked about. If we ramble too much, please send us some com- feedback and tell us what we can yeah. improve about the show because we do want to take this forward. It's it's important to us, and we're trying to refine everything as. Uh, I think, and if you want to be a guest as well, we're always uh, we're always interested in having other techies on. And no yes. one's no one's ev- everybody knows something that somebody else doesn't. So it doesn't well, matter I how good or bad you are. Out, I want to throw out um, one of the hardest, or one of the reasons why it's so difficult to get people as a guest on the show is imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. Every single person I talk to goes, "Oh, I don't know enough to talk about this." I'm like, that is not the point of our show. The point of our show is. Is something interesting you? Are you excited about something? Is it tech and dev related? Come on the show. Absolutely, because we, we, we all learn from each other. We always, that's part of, that's the joy of t- being a techie. That's in- why we started this podcast in the first place. Mm. And speaking of, next week, we have someone joining us to talk about Python and learning second languages in the programming world. Yes, it's uh, something I'm I'm quite interested in as well because uh, I believe he's a C sharp guy, isn't he? Who's moving he into is. Python? He's a C sharp guy. Works a lovely agency up in Scotland, which okay. will be great. Um, but he'll be joining us to discuss Python, the second language. Mm-hmm. <coughs> so yes. before before we move on, we do have our. Um, uh, source code for our website available on github.com forward slash documentation not included. We do accept pull requests, we do accept uh, issues, etc. Not much work has been done in the last few weeks, but I'm hoping actually to have a bit of time tomorrow. Um, now I've finished all of the uh, legalities with my uh, my contract. Um, I don't so, know, I think you should take a vacation. Well, you haven't I've, had a vacation any time recently, have you? To be, oh, I, I have, and it was wonderful. It was wonderful. Um, uh, uh. Uh, but um, as I said, yes, please do get involved. Uh, if you, even if you just want to learn some Angular or, or uh, get involved with any uh, C sharp or anything like that, or just look at some design patterns or anything like that, have a have a have a have a look. Yeah, have a faff about. Hmm. I think is what you were about to say. <laughs> have a faff about. It's <laughs> such a great phrase and so British. Um, but yes, we all hope to see you guys next week, Thursday, seven PM UK time, here at Twitch.tv/dniStream. Keep your eyes on our Twitter account at dniStream. Or hang out in our Discord chat for show updates. Not just show updates, massive discussions about technology platforms, random bits of humor, and just general good tomfoolery. I think we were talking about infrastructure um, provisioning, and what was the what was it, what was it you will what what start you started the conversation, didn't you? What was it? The CMDB, you yes. You talk about CMDB, uh, and we kind of moved on to CICD and infrastructure as a code as code kind of provisioning, and yep. So if you're, if you're it, into that. It's wonderful. Yeah, definitely. And anything at all. Just come say hi, chat with us, and uh, make nice and merry. Indeed. Right. But yeah, that's, all, that's us from Documentation Not Included. We'll see you all next week. Bye. Bye.